Welcome back once again to Moving Right Along, a Muppet Movie Podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. This is the podcast where we watch the Muppet Movie two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Ryan Rowe. I'm your other host, Anthony Strand. And joining us today is a return guest. Tell everyone who you are. Hey, everybody. I'm Matt Wilkie, and I'm back again. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, today we are looking at minutes 37 and 38 of the Muppet movie, in which Madman Mooney welcomes our heroes to his car lot. They end up with a new car, a, a new used car, and Sweetums wants to go to Hollywood. So uh, Milton Berle, again, we talked about him uh, last time, about who he is. He's playing Madman Mooney. Um, this suit that he's wearing... I guess is it's it kind of screams, uh, you know, uh, sleazy used car dealer, doesn't it? Yeah, sure. Or or a stagecoach, I guess. It's it's got a very western theme to it. Well, he he also <laughs> has the hat and the bolo tie, so that uh, that adds to that whole appearance. Well, and I think they are they are, they must be getting vaguely out west by now, right? I mean, I guess they were in Saskatchewan earlier, and they've been all over the place, but I guess I mean, so. They, yeah, they are. Theoretically heading west, so it makes sense. You know, they could be in Colorado or Arizona, somewhere in the wherever. southwest. Some, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some well, that where um Bogdan County, which which state is that supposed to be in? Oh, I don't know. You're, like, are you asking if there's a real Bogan County in the United yeah, States? Yeah, because because I wonder if they're like because it's pretty soon that they get to there, so it might be nearby. That's, that, I don't know. A uh, uh, Google search for Bogan County only returns the Muppet movie. And a 1977 TV movie called Escape from Bogan County. <laughs> that could also be the Miss Piggy story. When is that Starring TV movie Jacqueline from? 1977, so two years before oh. the Muppet movie. Wow. But it stars Jacqueline Smith and future Muppet movie actor Pat Hingle. <laughs> wow. So it Amazing. takes place in the same continuity, obviously. So it's a prequel to yes. the Muppet movie. And apparently a prequel to Muppets from Space. Yes. Featuring Pat Hingle. <laughs> yeah, everything's connected. We don't talk about Escape from Bogan County often enough. That's all all movies are connected. That's my that's my uh, major thesis I've been working on. Yes. Every movie is connected. Yes. I think that's a, a noble goal. Man. This one fan theory will <laughs> um, blow your mind, et cetera, et cetera. I used to, um, I used to work on a, a sketch comedy show. And uh, one one thread that we had was that the host of the show thought that every movie was a documentary, <laughs> and that every single movie he'd ever seen was a documentary. He'd be like, "Yeah, like in the documentary Back to the Future." <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> awesome. I, I do like the idea of all the Muppet movies as documentaries about talking bears and frogs and chickens. Not talking yeah, chicken, I guess, but the chicken mostly just clucks. I'd like yeah. to live in that world. Anyway, uh, another thing I like about Madman Mooney the sign. Uh, at the dealership says, uh, Madman Mooney's okay used cars. They're not good well, used cars. They're just okay. Well, well, that's the thing is the sign on front of the white building says Madman Mooney okay used cars. The sign on top of the other striped building just says Madman Mooney used cars. Right. And he introduces it as welcome to Madman Mooney's hubcap heaven. Hubcap heaven. Yeah. That, 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 you don't see any so, kind of signage reflecting that anywhere. No, so is that just like a new slogan he's trying out? 
I think he's, he's same as Gonzo. He's got a branding problem. He's got to mm. find out what his brand is and stick to it. Which... Now, now maybe maybe that's also an indication. Maybe it's not okay used cars. Maybe it's Oklahoma used cars. Maybe Ooh, that's where we are. Guys. Yeah, I like that idea. Um, but this whole thing, because we've talked about this uh, also with Doc Hopper about the idea of uh, trying and failing to effectively market one's business. So maybe that's really what this whole movie is about, is all these characters trying to uh, work on their branding, but not quite succeeding because they don't have Kermit's help. Well, you know, if we're saying that this is a little bit of Jim Henson's own history, it was huge in advertising. Maybe he's trying to say, hey, the struggle is real. Advertising is a tough game. Yeah, if only Madman Mooney had used puppets in his commercials, he'd be doing a lot better. But but that's what Doc Hopper wants to do, and that's what makes him the villain. Well, he doesn't want to use puppets, though. He wants to use a real live frog. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Ter- terrible marketing idea. Terrible. Real, yeah. real frogs? No. Awful. But, oh, what was I going to say about Milton Berle? Um, Ryan, earlier you mentioned that he seems like such a great sleazy used car salesman. Last week. I th- oh yeah, this week, guys, because of his, his ensemble, yeah. Yeah, and he's, I think, no, last week you mentioned how kind of sleazy he seems in general. Yes. He, they, put that, they put that to such good use here. Oh I yeah, think. he's perfect for this role. Oh, he's great. Like, my favorite thing he does in this movie is when he calls the Volkswagen Beetle, this German street machine. <laughs> Yeah. It's a car, so yeah, I guess you drive it on a street, but <laughs> I think when you hear street machine, you think like something Vin Diesel would drive in a Fast and the Furious movie or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, I have no sense of how much cars cost in the 70s. Is it part of the joke that $2,000 is way too much to ask for for a decrepit used Volkswagen Beetle in 1979? You know, you're probably right now that you say it. Like, I would never have thought of it. But yeah, you're probably right. It yeah, does we seem... should get out the, uh, the 1979 Blue Book and see what it would say. I, I actually did Google how much did a Volkswagen Beetle cost in 1979, but I couldn't find any, any definitive results. Hmm. And then I also looked up uh, the Studebaker because he, he mentions the $12 trade-in. I guess the, the $12 trade-in applies to both the Studebaker and Gonzo's truck, right? Yeah, right. so, so do you think normally it's a $6 trade-in? $6 for the Studebaker and $6 for the truck? Or could it be like like every car $4 for flat, the $6. truck and $2 for the Studebaker? <laughs> That's a great question yeah. if he's dividing it up somehow. Yeah, a great question that we will never know the answer to. No, I mean, we could, we could technically ask Jack Burns, right? <laughs> we could. But he would say, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> most, most likely, yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, the detachable fender falls off of the, uh, the, the Volkswagen there. And that... Well, I just got to say about the detachable fenders. Um, technically, I have a two-car garage in my home. But it's a very narrow two-car garage. And my wife usually gets home from work before I do. Three times a week, probably, when I pull in, I think about how I wish I had detachable fenders for narrow garages. <laughs> Madman Mooney was onto something. It's very real to me. Ahead of his time. No, no. Would you prefer that, or would you prefer the uh, the Jetsons version, where you just press a button and it turns into a briefcase? 
I would but vastly he, prefer that. But keep in mind yeah. that this is something that's always bothered uh, my good friend and I, that if you hit that button and you turn an entire cart into a briefcase, that's going to be extremely heavy. That's true, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the briefcase weighs the same amount as the car. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe by then they figured out how to change mass when you change, you know, whatever. Or they're the all future, just, well, they're just <laughs> really strong in the future. Yeah, that's true, too. Humanity is on the upswing. Finally. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to think that that'll happen. Mm -hmm. um, um, also, about the $12 trade-in, I love how he just kind of, like, chuckles to make it seem like it's a great deal. You know? Yeah. He's, he, like, he's like, listen, I'm really taking a wash on this. You guys are making out like crazy on this $12. Right. Less a $12 trade-in on your current view. <laughs> Uh, and that inspires him to call his assistant, whom he calls Jack. But as we all know, Jack is not named. Jack is Job, because the guy's name is Sweetums, another Muppet. Right. right. Although, again, another Muppet who is not identified by his actual name. He That's true. Yeah, and I, I think that confused many, many people who watched this growing up, because like he addresses him as Jack. He does say Jack not named, but then he never actually says his name. Right. And also, when, when I was a kid, I didn't know what a carjack was. Like, I didn't know that when he said Jack job, it meant that his job was to lift the car up. I didn't know what that meant. I just thought, okay, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why does so, he so, think his name is Jack? Right. Yeah. Do, do you think there were a lot of uh, people who had um, seen this movie for the first time, hadn't really watched The Muppet Show that much, and thought that that man's name was not Jack? Yeah. That's possible. I think he definitely, I think this movie is the reason why he's the best remembered of the Muppet monsters from the show, I think, you know? Sure, sure. Because people know him, they, you know, they might not know his name, but they'll say like, oh, that big shaggy monster from the Muppets. They recognize him. Although he's probably the most frequently used of the full body monster characters. Yeah, well, he, he, I think the fact that it was Richard Hunt pretty consistently. Right. You know, like on the Muppet show, very consistently. We, the, the others weren't. The others didn't have a specific performer, so they never had a consistent voice and personality like he did. That's true. Yeah, there's no. not really Timmy Monster does not really have a character. Right. There's no. There's no Dave Goals as Timmy Monster or something. Right? right. Yeah. There's. There's no consistent dog line personality. Right. And Thog, who was pretty consistently Jerry Nelson, just wasn't used as often. So you just don't really get to the average. Uh, casual fan doesn't really know him as well right although they did notice him in the 2011 movie and said whoa look at that guy <laughs> <laughs> that is a really big muppet <laughs> well, you did that. anyways we'll, we'll get there in six years can, can, can i give you guys a little behind the scenes peek i actually um i i did a, a set visit for muppets most wanted and uh it was a big groups shot and fog was there and uh i found out that inside of thog is a stool. Huh. Performer often sits when he's inside dog. Wow. Wow, he's that big. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, we'll probably have you back on again in seven years when we get to Muppets Must Wanted to tell I, that I, again. I'm penciling it in right now. Great. All right. <laughs> for the uh, thogs, we'll put, you, we'll put you down for some thog business. Yeah, some uh, food for thog. <laughs> <laughs> that, that should be the name of your all thog podcast. <laughs> it should be. Yeah. All, all three episodes. 
Yes. Would listen. Would listen. All right. <laughs> uh, I like the fact that they immediately, basically as soon as Sweetum shows up, they establish this sound of a buzzing fly, which will become very important soon. Which I, So I guess it means that the, the fly is... The fly is buzzing around Sweetums. It's Sweetums is completely responsible for that fly. Yeah. Uh, and then when he moves the car, it looks like he lifts the car up with both hands, but it's in the same shot. And he had just said, I don't know what, what exactly the line is, but he had just said something to Madman Mooney and moved his mouth. And the way I understand the Sweetums puppet to work is that the puppeteer can either use both of Sweetum's arms or one of Sweetum's arms and the mouth. So that means that Richard Hunt just had to very quickly switch from working the mouth to working the other arm so he could say the line and then immediately pick up the car and move it. It's just uh, one of those impressive puppet Uh, tricks. Yeah, yeah, very impressive. Uh, My impression of it is that it's, it's not like a full kind of big bird mode though where it's kind of like a like a rod almost attached to the lower lip so that would kind of hang lower and not as much movement to get from like waist level from the rod to the hand oh right yeah right so it's not like most of the other muppets like a kermit style where your your whole hand is is making the whole face move yeah maybe that makes it easier yeah, but still, I mean, nonetheless, very impressive to do that so quickly in one shot. Yeah. Right, and then also start rolling a car away. <laughs> yeah, a, a very lightweight car, so that must be one of the Jetsons. Yeah, it must be. Poor Sweetums is just that strong. I do love how cheerfully Sweetums just starts singing, like, dum-de-dum-dums as he's rolling <laughs> the car away. Yeah. It's so great. I love yeah. that guy. Me too. He didn't even put it in neutral. He just... He didn't have to. Maybe Richard Hunt was just really that strong. I hope so. That was just a real car, yeah. Uh, then the fly, uh, he smacks the fly uh, onto the price tag of the station wagon, which reads $1,195. Uh, Madman Mooney's downfall was that he did not put a comma after the one for the 1000 Always put a comma. Yeah, because when he smacks the fly, the, the, the squashed fly renders the price as $11.95, and I love Gonzo's line where he says, it's our $12 trade-in, you owe us a nickel. Gonzo is a stickler for getting his, like, making sure he gets his change back. Yeah. Although I guess we don't actually see Mooney give them the nickel, but we can just assume that it happened. Yeah. yeah they, they put it in the back next to the plunger. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's all, we don't all see the important that. stuff. Um, uh, also, like, I haven't bought that many cars in my life. But every time that I do, I wish that that would happen with the fly. <laughs> but it hasn't yet no like no it, it hasn't happened yet but also like i was talking you know i talked earlier about the narrow garages and all this i think that this movie informed you're about buying and using cars buying like, and using cars i don't think i would know how to like, I, I, always I, drives I, around with a little person in the trunk I, <laughs> <laughs> like I, I did not learn to drive by a correspondence course but other than that, I think I'm a lot like the characters in this film when it comes to cars. You probably do sing when you drive. I do. That's true. Very often. You have probably, I, in fact, I would bet money that you have sung Moving Right Along while driving. That definitely. Actually, uh, actually, my wife and I sang it at the top of our lungs when we drove away from our wedding. Perfect. 
Wow, that's 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 very fitting. And so, yeah. who who was driving? I think I was the driving. Person in the trunk. And Roz the was playing. In the trunk was driving. <laughs> but you were driving, and Roz was playing the banjo. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that's where I was going with that. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. Um, oh, I have a note from the June twelfth, nineteen seventy eight draft of the script. Please. Uh, one. Yes, please one minor difference, uh, but. So while Mooney is, is going on and on, Sweetums, in this draft of the script, dips his finger in a puddle of oil. And uh, as Mooney is talking about the fact that the price on the sticker is always what you pay, Sweetums very deliberately uh, uses his oily finger to add the decimal point on the price tag. So it, it really changes. It's not as funny. It's not as funny because Sweetums is yeah. kind of an unwitting... Uh, participant in this joke in the finished movie, which is better. Right. Yeah, for sure. And, and it leaves that ambiguity of if he meant to do it or if he didn't. And it adds kind of like a sweetness to him. Whereas if it was a deliberate thing, it would almost be in a way like a mean thing to do. Yeah. And yeah. we haven't really seen Mooney. I mean, he doesn't seem like he's a nice guy, but we haven't seen him him be like a bully to uh, Sweden. So it, it wouldn't feel exactly like he deserved to have Sweetums take revenge on him. Right. Right. Maybe in that version he had stolen his joke because Bilton Burrow loved to do that. Oh, he yeah. sure did. Yeah. You know, I always thought it was funny that he at some point published that huge book called Milton, uh, Milton Burrow's Private Joke File. Because, like, how many of those jokes in his private joke file did he take from other comedians? <laughs> All of them. Oh, all of them. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Maybe. I, don't, I haven't actually read the book. Maybe it's organized by an alphabetical order of who he stole them from. I hope so. It's a, it's written by Milton Burrow et al. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then here's one of these things I noticed for the first time in the next shot um, when they say... For, so for some reason, they invite Sweetums to go with them to Hollywood. Uh, Which is ridiculous because you wouldn't even fit in the car. Right. Like, That's why I say for some reason. And, I guess... and not only that, they've only been inviting Muppets, which feels a little wrong. Like, you can't you can't branch out a little bit, have some, like, humans on there, too. Seems a little uh, discriminatory, guys. Look, I'm sure they would have loved to have invited Madeline Kahn to go to Hollywood with them. <laughs> but Telly Savalas would have gotten mad. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think if there are any other human characters that that felt enough like kindred spirits to the Muppets that they would have wanted That's to invite them. That's a good them, point, but, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah but yeah, maybe. they're just inviting every I mean, Muppet they encounter. I mean, I would say the only one is is Dom DeLuise, right? Who's going to be there yeah. anyway. Right, he's already a Hollywood guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the thing I noticed is uh, when Sweetum says Hollywood and runs away from the car, he tosses the uh, the price tag over his shoulder behind him and it kind of it kind of flutters to the ground uh, behind the car. Which is huh? No, yeah. I never. Know, I didn't notice that this time either. Yeah, because at the beginning of that shot, he's taking it off the windshield, and then he just yeah, tosses right. it. Yeah. You, so. you know what I love about when Sweetum says Hollywood? As he runs away, he's going, "Oh, whoa, oh, oh!" Just <laughs> like, making these like bizarre sounds. <laughs> I guess it's because like we don't want Kermit and Fozzie and Gonzo to know that he wants to come, so they have to be kind of ambiguous. But yeah. It's just kind of like he's like. It's the it's the strangest noises. I love it. It's so all, monstrous. All he says, yeah. Is it one of these things where his... No, you can't even see his mouth. I thought maybe it was because his mouth is flopping open, but 
you can't even really see it because he's you're seeing him from behind. He's away, yeah, yeah. Um, do, do you guys want to know a little uh, another little behind the scenes tidbit? I I witnessed once. Yes. Featuring Mr. Sweetums. Of course, yeah. Um. So <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, so I, I had uh, visited the set for the Muppets TV show, and in uh, one episode, um, Sweetums is riding a bicycle, or uh, no, he's driving a golf cart. That's what it was, driving a golf cart, and he had to to slip on some butter. You know the butter on the brakes episode. You guys remember that part? I sort yeah. of mm-hmm. remember that. Yeah, in the studio. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so Matt Vogel is inside there, and they're kind of figuring out, okay, what's the blocking? How do we do this? Where do we do the driving and all of that? And uh, they wanted to be realistic. So of course they wanted him to really drive and to really talk at the same time. Um, But as they were doing the rehearsals, Matt realized that, oh, it can't see (laughs) when I'm driving because my mouth is closed for a lot of this. So just on the spot, they made up dialogue for him to say, and it was mostly just, whoa. So he could have the mouth open for long enough to see. Huh. Yeah, that's that's cool. That's the kind of thing that they probably would not realize until they got to the set on the day. Yeah, right. yeah. Huh. Yeah, so that's kind of what I thought they might be doing here, but it, it wouldn't have been necessary here. They don't need to be here, yeah. yeah. So. Uh, now this is the scene where we are saying goodbye to the Studebaker. Uh, and it just so happens that hot off the presses and just in time, um, I just got this... Uh, the scan from moving right along listener Eric. I don't know Eric's last name. Thank, thank you, Eric. Yes, thank you, Eric. He Thanks, knows Eric. who he is. Uh, so it's a copy of uh, what is it actually called? Turning Wheels, I believe. It's the yeah, it's the official magazine of the Studebaker Drivers Club from shortly after the Muppet movie came out. This is a real thing. So it's basically either an entire article or possibly even the entire issue of this little magazine, because I don't know how much there was to write about Studebakers every month in 1979. I'm sure it's longer than the Mini Cooper one. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But uh, yeah, there's some cool little tidbits in it. Um, One thing I thought was really interesting. It, the, so the guy who wrote it obviously talked to some of the, the people who worked on the movie. So he talks about how, um, the the Studebaker was specified um, by Jerry Jewell in the script before they even knew whether they could actually find a Studebaker to use in the film. Which they, certainly gives gives credence to my theory that they just thought the word Studebaker was fun. Oh, yes. it's a hilarious word. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely funny. They just found a car, and you know. They, fa- they found a comedy word first and then like went out and got the car to match. Yeah. So there was a guy named Don Casella, the transportation captain for Marble Arch Productions, who was in charge of finding the Studebaker. So he found one in Los Angeles and the other one in Tacoma, Washington. And they painted them both to look, I guess, old, uh, like they had been owned and driven by... Fozzie's hibernating uncle for a few years. Um, and, and so one of them they converted into, uh, you know, to where it could be driven by the person driving in the trunk while the Kermit and Fozzie puppets rode up front. And the other one uh, they just used for the, the, the wide shots. And then this is interesting. It says the author of the article asked what happened to the cars 
And he says they told them that they were holding on to all the cars from the movie. So that's the Studebaker, Gonzo's truck, the the uh, station wagon. They were holding on to them for the forthcoming sequel. That's very strange. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he says. I wonder if that was ever actually true. I don't know. He says more work is needed to get the cars into better running condition as they'll be used extensively in the sequel. So I don't know if this is just a misconception or just this this guy from the crew thought it was true or assumed it was true or <laughs> I, I, don't I would love I would love to see the sequel where Fozzie's uncle wakes up from hibernation and he's like Fozzie, I left all of my gold in the back of that Studebaker. We <laughs> right. have to find it. The whole movie could be the search for the Studebaker. The search for Fozzie's gold. Oh, by the way, I, I imagine Fozzie's uncle being Jerry Nelson sounding an awful lot like Podgord. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think you nailed it, yeah. It writes itself, you guys. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, actually, Jerry Jewell is quoted as saying, My script specifically called for that year Studebaker because I think it is the goofiest-looking car ever put into production. I hope your club members won't be offended by that. To we who work for the Muppets, goofiness is highly respected. Huh. That's a great quote. So, yeah, and I'll, I'll post the link to this uh, this uh, article when we uh, post this episode. But uh, thanks again to uh, listener uh, Eric for sending that in. And the the article is from... Turning Wheels, the Studebaker Drivers Club magazine, written by Grant Boyd. Wonderful. Yes. And that's more than you ever needed to know about that Studebaker. Absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of of cars in this movie, according to the Internet Movie Cars database, this car that they buy is a 1946 Ford Super Deluxe station wagon. 1946? Yeah. Isn't that shit? That the, the Studebaker isn't that on display in a museum? Yep, the Studebaker Museum in, in is was it Indianapolis, right? I think South Bend, South Bend, Indiana. Yeah, and they are accepting donations to help restore the Studebaker. Is that the third or fourth time we've mentioned that? I think that's the third time, but it's okay. We can keep uh, we can keep plugging away for it, guys. They need those donations because it has to be in the sequel. So come on, let's get, <laughs> get cracking, folks. Let's let's kickstart this. Someday Disney's oh. going to come back looking for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Electric Mayhem bus was in Mothers from Space. But uh, oh, I was going to say, speaking of cars, uh, also according to the internet, Madman Mooney's, that location is still a used car lot today. It's called Junior's Auto Sales Current. It's outside Los Angeles, right? Yeah, according to, uh, according to Google Maps, it is located at 10241 San Fernando Road, Pacoima, Los Angeles, California. Just right around the neck of the woods for me, guys. I got to go one day. I got to go. Go over there, man. Junior's Auto oh. Sales. Take a, take a photo. We'll post it in the show notes if you get over there before we, before we I'm post I'm kind of surprised you haven't been there already. I honestly, now that we're talking about it, I've thought about this many times of going because Pacoima is really not that far. And... <laughs> And I may this might be my impetus to do it, to to have this picture in the notes. I hope you do. I really hope you do, man. Now this they used it again in the Muppets 2011 movie with for a callback to this very joke that ends uh the joke that ends this clip where they pull out of Madman Mooney's, they're on their way, and then Sweetums comes running after them with a suitcase saying, Wait for me, wait for me, I want to go to Hollywood. So they did a very similar joke 
calling back to that in uh, the 2011 movie. And um, I, that's a joke. I guess I'll mention this again in six years, but that was a, a callback that I didn't like at the time, but I've sort of warmed up to it since then. You've gotten used to it. Maybe. <laughs> I That one, I'll be honest, that one hit me as as soon as I saw it. I was like, that's that's a good one. That's a really good callback. Well, I think it worked. I think it works because they bothered to go to the same location. Like it's, yes. it's clearly the same street that he's running. Down. Yeah. Like that's, that's why it works. If, yeah. if it was just some random neighborhood again, it'd be like, Oh, okay. Sweetums is doing that thing he did before, but not, but the way it is, it's like Sweetums is in the same used car for a lot. Yeah. That's I think, great. I, I, and I think that, that, that point too kind of helped me see like, Oh, they, they really do. Like we all knew how much Jason Siegel loved Muppets, but it was like, oh, they, everybody on staff and on that crew had to work to make that happen. And they did it out of love for the the source material. So I thought that was really cool. Okay. You two have convinced me that was a good gag. All right. Awesome. Case closed. Yeah. Um, and that brings us to the end of this clip. Uh, any further thoughts about Sweetums or Madman Mooney or Milton Berle or... Well, no, I was just going to say, um, as they pull away right at the end, Kermit says, moving right along, Fozzie, again. And Fozzie kind of starts half-heartedly humming moving right along. He's kind of like, dum 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 something like that. I like the idea that Kermit has kept doing this, and Fozzie is just kind of getting sick of the song, so he's not singing the actual song. <laughs> How many... Between the first time they sang it and this point... How many times do you think they sang it? I, I feel like they, well, they, are they singing it through the whole time they sing it? They're all over the place. They're in Saskatchewan. The sun is coming up in the West, right? Like they get in a snowstorm. So like they probably sing it dozens or hundreds of times, right? <laughs> or, or did they just sing it once when they did that, the, the full song and they just had long gaps of silence in between. <laughs> until they got to the next <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So the unedited footage would just be like, yeah, I, I that bugs me so much in like movies and TV shows where they have like, I got one thing to say to you, and then they do a cut to like another scene, and they're like miles away from where they were, or and like they're saying the thing. That... Yeah, it's like, why did you? We had so much walking time. We could have talked about this already. Right. On the way, he's like, "Okay, get ready. I'm gonna say the one thing. Just you <laughs> wait. Wait till you hear the one thing that I'm gonna say." <laughs> All right. So, uh, anyways. We were about, I think, Ryan, you were about to ask Matt about how he feels about the Muppet movie. Yeah, just the general, like, do you remember the first time you saw it? Is it your favorite? That kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I don't remember the first time because I, I had had it on a VHS tape um, recorded off of TV. So I don't remember where it was the first time that we watched it. Um, but I watched it a lot as a kid. And this one in Great Muppet Caper watched in rotation back to back, as well as Follow That Bird. Those were like the top. Hmm. movies any movies for me um so this is and it's it's hard for me to pick like if you have to do a favorite muppet movie between this one and great muppet caper um i think this is an amazing origin story and i love origin stories um so it's very well done but then this feels like like an introduction whereas great muppet caper feels like this is the muppets and this is like them in their element doing everything right and just feels like so much fun um not that this one isn't fun but uh just a different kind of feel so so yeah big fan big fan 
Good answer. Thanks. What did I win? Uh, you won the chance to go back and watch these minutes again. I certainly will. Back in the, in the lobby. lobby up here. Back in, in the lobby. lobby. Hey, Paul, I'm on my way. <laughs> and with that, we come to the end of another episode. Uh, so Matt, tell everyone where they can find you on the internet. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at at writing Wilkie. That's not writing like a horse, but writing like a pen and paper. Is there a writing Wilkie like a horse? Oh, I don't know. That's a great idea. I'm going to, if not, I'm going to get you, that now in case yeah, you might want to fringe. Get on that. Uh, and meanwhile, you can also follow Tough Pigs on Twitter at Tough Pigs. We're also on Facebook and uh, Instagram and other things. You can follow me on Twitter at me, Ryan Rowe. You can find Anthony at Zeppo Marxist. And uh, you can also go to the Tough Pigs website and read all kinds of interesting things. And don't forget to give us a positive review on iTunes and uh, tell your friends about the show. And, you know, if you like this episode, if you have interesting things or questions about this episode, feel free to uh, comment on the Facebook post or you can go to the Tough Pigs forum. Uh, You can go to toughpigs.com and click on the link that says forum on the side of the page. So that should just about do it. And we will see you next week for another episode of Moving Right Along. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye, everybody.